I wouldn't call this a sermon today. I would, it's more of a meditation on prayer. Just this is a way to help us think about prayer as we step into it. it is to start with a prayer of David. Psalm 25. And I suppose I'll read the first five verses to you, and uh, we'll see how he opens his prayer. This is what he says. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. For they shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. This is a prayer. Uh, David is essentially saying to the Lord, Lord, I trust you. Therefore, I'm going to look to you, and I'm going to wait on you. That's, that's the heart of, of kind of the first three verses. I trust you, so I look to you. This is why we pray. We trust him, so we look to him. And then behind it is, therefore, I'll wait. None who wait on you shall be put to shame. Uh, I think this typifies, uh, in a way, the f- past several years of ministry in the church and and life in the church. It's been a season of waiting, uh, not so much a season of moving. And there's been a lot of effort and thought, but it's been it's been waiting effort. It's been learning effort, and that, and that's what you you see here is. Uh, Lord, help us. And looking to the Lord and then waiting on the Lord. I think uh, waiting on the Lord is exceptionally difficult. It sits, it sits against, uh, it's the weight of trust. It's the cost of trust. When you are confronted with, you know, in here in the psalm, it's the enemy, let not my enemy exalt over me, Yet I'll wait for you. <laughs> you know, there's this faithful waiting is hard in light of trouble. Whether it's an adversary or a problem or an issue or an expectation, uh, waiting requires faith. And it looks bad uh, in the way that we think of uh, in the secular mindset, in, in the mind without God, waiting looks weak. Someone who waits is uh, saying in their waiting, I don't have what it takes. Um, they're saying they're not enough. It's an admission that you're not enough. It's an admission that you don't have it, that you lack it that there's something you don't know that you need to know, you are in some way helpless. That's what it looks like because that's what it is. When we wait on the Lord, we are not enough. We do lack something. We do need something that we don't have. And that's all done in the light of a pressing 
enemy or a pressing issue or a pressing challenge. And that's what makes prayer hard. This is why people don't have time to pray because they cannot wait because they do not have the faith. I feel like these past several years have been involuntary waiting. The Lord has kind of grinned at our church and said, nope, why don't you do that again? And again, and again, on several issues. Each time, though, we learn. This is the thing. While when, we, when we're waiting on the Lord, it may not look like we're doing anything, but it does not mean that nothing is happening. Significant things are happening. When we wait on the Lord, we exhibit our faith which is of great value to the Lord. The exhibition of our faith is of great value to God. That's the first thing that happens. And when we wait on the Lord, he teaches us what we need to know. This is the fourth and fifth verse. In the second verse, in the third verse, David writes, Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. David's saying, I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm looking to you because I trust you, and I'm waiting for you. And I'm, I'm here, and I'm going to wait. And then, four and five, kind of while I'm waiting, this is his request. Make me to know your ways. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Teach me. Teach me, Lord. Teach me what I need. This really has been the fruit of our waiting. There is so much to be in this fall, fall 2015, with those issues that you saw in your card, you know, some of them we've seen several falls, fall 2014, fall 2013. Here now, I believe the Lord has taught us from his word uh, what he would have us do. And I'm, I'm very encouraged. Things I used to have big question marks over my head about now, I have been replaced with excitement and exclamation points and eagerness and kind of joyful trepidation of doing what we believe God wants us to do. And that's come because he's taught us. Let me read 6 to 10. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. This portion of the psalm, the psalm kind of rises to this idea. It's in the middle of the psalm, but it rises to this idea. There's this plea of Paul, of David, excuse me, Lord, remember that you're merciful. Lord, do not remember the things that I've done, but remember me. And remember your goodness. There's this kind of this hope of God's selective memory. God, remember your nature and forget the things that I've done because I need you. We need him. And then David goes on to just declare things about the Lord that are true. He almost answers his own request. He's hoping for a good God, and then what does he say? Good and upright is the Lord. He's hoping for a God who overlooks his sinfulness, and what does he say? Therefore, he instructs sinners in his way. It's, he asks the Lord, but he knows. This is so often in prayer. In the midst of our asking, we're reminded what the Word says about him. 
All the paths of the Lord are steadfast, love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenants and his testimonies. To those who are humble. You see in 8, 9, and 10, it calls for us to be humble and faithful. This morning as we pray, this is what, what I would hope, is that we would come together as one over these issues for the church so the Lord would hear a loud noise of prayer and that we would look to him and have patience to wait on him and be thankful for the way that he's taught us and that we would be humble and grateful and that we as a church would be, would be righteous and holy. This, this prayer needs to come before all the other prayers. Will you pray with me? Lord, before we ask you about issues and before we pray about specifics, we have this to say to you, that none who wait on you shall be put to shame. Lord, that's true to the individual and it's true for the fellowship, Lord. Give us the strength in our faith to wait on you. And in the waiting, Lord, teach us. Work with us, Lord, in our waiting so that you can show us exactly how you want us to be. And Lord, we pray this in all of this, that in your mercy we would be humble and in in your grace that we would be faithful. I pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the first areas that I'd like to ask us to pray is uh, with regards to the associate pastor calling. Um, Our pastor search team is probably uh, towards the last chapter of their work. They've been working very diligently for uh, the better part of a year. And I'd like to invite Luke Wittenbach forward to share a little bit about the team and how you can pray for them. Hi, I'm Luke Wittenbach. I wanted to first uh, let you guys know who the members of the team are. Um, Caroline Atia, who was in first service. Uh, Lynette Russell's unfortunately on vacation. I'm Gina Bino from the Wilmington campus. Dale Robinson and Chris Whitcomb. I think is the only one in this service with us. Um, we also have Pastor Johns on our team. And as we're getting towards the end, we're getting to the interview process, we've actually asked Pastor Jeff um, to come and give his input as well. Um, Our goal when we first set off was to just seek God's will in identifying, selecting, and recommending candidates um, for the position of the associate pastor for the church. Um, We've been regularly meeting since March. Um, By God's grace, we've had a very unified team. We've been seeking God's will for our church every step of the way. Um, And just, it's it's felt really good, especially in the last uh, month or so. It's it's been evident to see God's will and God's direction over the team. Um, It's been neat to see his hand um, closing off, closing some doors, closing some opportunities that we thought, you know, in our in our mind would have been uh, good candidates. Um, many times I've come to these meetings, like a Thursday night after a week of work, and just really downtrodden and tired and exhausted. And just the time of prayer we have has been so uplifting. I mean, I'm surrounded by just a great member or a great team that just really is seeking God's will for our church. Um, you should, I hope you guys are encouraged by that. Uh, and just their prayer time. And verses they brought to us have been very encouraging. 
Um, how can you pray for our team? Um, first, I'd ask you to pray for the candidates. Um, we're going to be interviewing uh, later on this month. Uh, pray for them. Pray for their times, that they be deep. Um, pray for their families. This could involve moves and definitely changes. Um, so please pray for them. Uh, pray that we continue to uh, seek God's will for our church and that we can put our own thoughts and our own desires behind God's. Um, pray for continuation of team unity and just the caring and uplifting spirit that the team has had during all these meetings. Um, I'm going to do something that's going to make me step out of my comfort zone now, but it's, it's something I hope as we have all these, these big and, and heavy things ahead of us, I, I pray it's a way that our church is approaching God. Um, last week we looked at Jonah, and we talked about um, how when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah had decreed or what God had decreed, that you know, he put on sackcloth and, and he just laid in ashes. Um, and then John talked about David and how David, you know, when, when his son was dying, you know, he fell on his face before God just to seek God's will and, and to pray for his son. Um, and then as I see the Lord's Supper here, I think of, of Jesus soon after taking the Lord's Supper, went to the Garden of Gethsemane and just, you know, fell on his face before his father, you know, in seeking his will. So w- with that attitude, um, and it's an attitude I hope that we have as, as we bring all these concerns and all these big things before the Lord, um, I'm just going to kneel and pray in front of you guys and I'd ask you to have that a humble heart and as we approach God. Father God, I'm, I'm so thankful that we can just take solace in the fact that you, you have the candidate already decided, Father. You've brought it uh, down to this point, and it's in your hands, and we give it to you, Father. I do just lift up all the candidates. I pray that their times with you would be deep, Lord. I pray for their families um, as they weigh these situations, as they weigh the move, possibility changes. Father God, we just pray that your will would be done. We pray that as a team we would seek your will. We pray that as a church we would seek your will. Um, We pray that you would just bend our will to yours, um, allow us to die to our own personal desires and our personal thoughts. And we just pray that uh, your will would be done, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Um, in the just the framework of God wanting to grow and spread and mature our church, uh, the idea of growth has been in front of our church for some time now. How do we uh, how do we welcome people in, and how does this facility welcome them in? Um, some of you have been around when we looked at Independent School and the Yorkland site, and uh, now our team has been has revisited, come back to 505 Schoolhouse right here to say, what can we do here? And I would. Uh, one of the co-chairs is, is Terry Foster. So, if Terry, if you want to come forward and share with the church. By the way, we're not trying to give you a ton of details. It's not a members meeting. I'm trying to shape your heart for prayer. Uh, so, if you'll come forward and share, please. Yes, as Pastor John said, I serve on the Building Improvement Committee with uh, a, a group from our church. Um, Wayne Logan is co-chairing the committee with me. And then also on our committee is Tim Anderson, Rick Garrett, John Lawrence, Lisa O'Brien, and Pastor John also serves on our team. And this past summer, the church uh, charged us with doing a feasibility study of expanding our campus here at this location. So over the summer, we've been meeting with our architect, and we brought in a contractor that we worked with on the last project to begin doing estimating on um, the next concept that we're going to share so um, I'm excited. I've, I've been part of this building improvement committee 
I think maybe since even the late 90s, but that was for our last project. But definitely since the mid-2000s, we've been asking this question, uh, when will be the right trigger for growth here for our campus? And uh, so I'm excited um, just to bring clarity to that question and uh, bring a yes or no, kind of a go, no-go question to the church. So um, here's ways that you can pray. Number one, you can pray that our campus is unified as we think about our building and how it serves um, God and his purposes. Uh, you can Number two, you can pray for the creativity and the accuracy of our architects and our um, estimators. Um, pray that the design that they come up with and the con conceptual costs that they attribute to it um, are accurate so that we can make good decisions this fall. Um, you can pray for a clear path on the decision that we need to make for this campus. And lastly, you can pray that our church continues to grow and that it continues to be a place where people find God. So allow me to pray for us. Proverbs 69, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Lord, before you, uh, we come and we ask that you would continue to give us wisdom and guidance as we make decisions about this facility. Lord, we're excited for how you will use this building in this place. And God, I ask that um, through your providence that you would allow us to think rightly about our building, um, that we wouldn't overstate what it is, but that we wouldn't minimize uh, the role that this place plays in each one of our lives and also to those that would come in the future come to find you here. Lord, we look forward to that. God, I ask that you would help us find a place where we can um, continue to disciple our children well. In particular, Lord, I ask for a space in our facility to care for our youth ministry for middle school and high school. Lord, I ask that you would help us find the right places for adult discipleship to happen here on Sunday in the right-sized room that we should worship together in. God, we ask that you would speak clearly and that we would have the courage and the wisdom and the right decision-making process to um, give you all the glory in the process. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God wants to spread his church, and that's certainly true. And um, over the past uh, year, we've made a lot of steps uh, towards spreading his gospel, uh, not only locally, but uh, globally as well, and um, that incorporates into uh, some significant just ways and that our church needs to grow to think about missions and to participate in missions, and I'd, I'd, uh, I'd like to welcome John Saylor up to share a little bit about that. While he's coming up, just uh, the International Mission Board, which is the mission agency that, that we uh, partner with. Uh, they recently published an open letter saying that they had a lack of funding, chronic lack of funding since 2009. They have to remove six to 800 missionaries and workers of the IMB this year. So uh, th the reason for the church to be involved in the missions to the unreached is more important now more than ever before, I think, for us. So, John, thanks. Hi. Um, hear me okay? Um, so earlier in this year, we 
the team adopted a slogan of pray, give, and go uh, with the idea that uh, we want to take what we're doing with the local community, um, with Door Hope, um, with the garage, that sort of stuff, um, and kind of expand and go uh, overseas. Um, team members um, are Lucy Knight, Sarah Baylor, uh, Kathleen Coleman, Sarah Keith, Jeff Keith, uh, Mark Russo, Christina Watton, and then uh, Luke Wittenbaugh's kind of been sitting on the team without being part of the team officially. Um, and then this summer, we launched the discovery team, which was Jason Matthews, Luke Wittenbach, um, Eric Belair, um, John Belay, and Jeff Keith. And um, it's kind of been a pretty good year, pretty evolved year, as we've transitioned from the different pieces. And as we go forward, uh, trying to figure out uh, what's next for 2016. So with that said, two to four ways to pray for a team would be definitely pray for next steps, uh, that we'd have eyes and ears to see where God is leading us. Um, uh, next would be pray for workers, those to be called from our church, both for short-term and possibly long-term calling, as well as partners overseas. Um, as I said earlier in the first service, uh, it's a lot like praying for your children. You pray that their uh, future mates, uh, God would be working on their hearts and mending them together. And that's kind of the way we hope it is with our partners overseas. That'd just be a really good fit. Um, next is pray for balance. Um, you know, you want to respect the past and you want to keep hold of what we've got with our local partners. But you know, help us to keep balance as we try to reach out and grow, that we would uh, be faithful to keep what we have, those relationships, and grow them as well. And then last is pray for faithfulness, that we'd have the right priorities, that our uh, selfish desires, our, our uh, goals wouldn't get the way of what uh, the Lord has. And uh, let me pray real quick. Uh, Father, please lead us as we go forward. And uh, pray give us clarity and insight. Pray the doors would be open. Pray for uh, workers and uh, that we'd be faithful to your calling. In uh, Jesus' name, amen. Lastly, I'd like to welcome uh, Keith Riley up. Uh, Keith is serving as the chair of our deacon board. And has been working very closely with the pastors, uh, with model of discipleship and eldership and many of those sorts of things. And so, Keith, if you just share, I would appreciate it. Good morning. Um, so, I, in thinking about elders, I, uh, I was reminded of uh, after Peter's denial of Christ and the crucifixion, resurrection, and uh, when Christ was on the beach with him uh, three times, he, he asked him if he loved him. And... Uh, of course, Peter said he did, and Christ called on him to feed his sheep. And then uh, later, Peter writes uh, in First Peter 5, uh, as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, he's writing to the elders of the church, shepherd the flock of God. And uh, John, as our shepherd, has been carrying that weight as our flock multiplies. So uh, we're, e we're eager to put uh, lay elders uh, into place. Uh, but we've also 
had a heart to do it well. Um, so there, there's been a lot of time uh, to prepare, to follow guidance of scripture, um, and you'll be seeing uh, over the coming weeks some of the framework uh, for how that's going to be implemented. Um, but I want to remind all of us that it's not uh, elders as a goal. Um, when I, I teach high school and I often have to remind students that whatever the activity of the day is, is not the goal. Um, for them, learning is the goal. Uh, for us as a church, uh, elders is a step in a process of building disciples, and that's the goal, to be uh, obedient to the Great Commission and to better make disciples, not just to do church, uh, but to bring people to a greater knowledge of Christ. And so that's that's our goal. Um, in prayer, uh, I ask that you certainly pray for the transition, uh, that we as a congregation would embrace um, just a new way of being cared for, that we would allow uh, the Lord to guide and direct how we receive care uh, from the leadership of the church, um, and that we as a congregation would remember that um, the church leadership is, uh, as our goal, is to help us all to become uh, better disciples. And there's going to be some things that, that we're going to try to to improve on in our discipleship model as we do this. Uh, so certainly pray for the transition. Pray also for the men who uh, the Lord's going to call uh, into these positions. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's important that we pray for each other, uh, that we would uh, continually have a heart to know the Lord better and to be receptive to new ways uh, to seek after him. So let's pray together now. Father, we just praise you uh, for the privilege of calling you our Father. We thank you for Christ and the price that he paid to redeem us and to provide a way uh, for our guilt to be removed and for us to be adopted into your family for the privilege of coming before you uh, with boldness as your children. And Lord, we come before you now, and above all other things, we do pray that your will would be done uh, in our church, in our community, and in our world. Lord, we are yours, and we celebrate your love for us, but we know that you also have a heart for all those that don't know you and ask that you would use us well um, to bring your truth and your love to them. Lord, we do pray for this process of change that our church is facing in coming weeks and months and just pray that your hand would be on it, that you would guide us and direct us, that we would move forward um, in step with your spirit. Lord, I do pray for the men that you would call to serve as elders. Um, Lord, I pray that your, your spirit would clearly communicate to them uh, your desire for them to take that step. I pray that you give them the, the gifts that they need uh, to serve you well in that role that they'd be sensitive to your leadership and, and responsive, have the courage to respond to your call. And Lord, we do pray for the congregation. Lord, you've gathered this people for a purpose, not just to meet on Sundays, but to know you, and to follow you, to serve you, to bring who you are to the world around us. Uh, and we do pray that you would uh, just be at work in our hearts, that we, w as individuals, as families, that we would have an ever-increasing desire to know you, that we'd have a greater commitment to serve you, to build our lives around you, and allow you to use us as you would. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to finish the psalm for you. As we direct our attention to the Lord's Supper and, and God's power in us to do these things, this is how David ends the psalm. He says, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him he, will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land.
The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord. For he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. Oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. My integrity and uprightness preserve me. For I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of his troubles. Lord, we come to you now because you, you, your power is the power to save. We have hope uh, that we may wait on you because uh, what Christ has done, his obedience has become our obedience. His righteousness has been put on us. Lord, we confess that Christ came and died and has been resurrected. We confess that we have salvation through him, Lord, by faith. And that through our faith in him and you, Lord, you have made peace with us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.